welcome to the labyrinth i am your host pratham padav my guest my very special guest today is my friend uh, remo jacob he's someone who i know from i think 19 years almost 20 years i know him since uh, school days i guess yeah we used to go in the same bus and all so <laughs> we have we have a lot of weird common interests when we sit together and uh, when we sit for a drink we talk about some of the most controversial things Uh, of course because this video will go out in the public we're going to tone down on the controversial part uh, you never know you never know what uh, comes out later so yeah master zemo senior jacob welcome yeah. to the labyrinth thank you thank you brother it is an honor to be here finally yeah, yeah dude finally this should have yeah. happened a long time ago no yeah we spoke about it when gorutum was there yeah algorithm was there even those days we were just sitting uh yeah you know <laughs> we have known each other for like what 20 years and uh, th- there are there have been uh, many friends who we lost touch with okay yeah. how come we managed to <laughs> remain friends I dude no i always had this thing uh, like there was something off about you you know that right yeah i think that clicked hmm even across time yeah and uh, i think at different points of time we had different uh, interests but uh, yes. yeah and we don't completely agree with each other on lo- some things but That's we can still the best part yeah that keeps the conversation <laughs> going for us yeah it will be boring if we agreed on everything man yeah that's true and uh, a lot of the times uh, there are friends with whom i don't agree with but they think that i agree with them because i keep quiet because oh, yeah. i don't want to offend them <laughs> with you yeah, i don't care I that, that's the good part about this right that's mm-hmm. why i think we at least speak about so much like so many different things mm-hmm. i don't get to talk about these things for others as well you know there's always a barrier after which you can't mm-hmm. cross to which you're like okay should i tell them should i tell them these are my views like okay no i better not uh, but with you it's at least it's that barrier is not really there i i don't i have not touched that barrier yet <laughs> hopefully never <laughs> uh has there been an instance where you have opened up with someone and they got offended by your views a lot of times mm. like offended at least see what i do is i don't just go out to random people and tell them mm. but i do have a habit of telling people, you know Uh, talking about things to people who i don't know all that well not like good friends close friends mm-hmm. so sometimes they do get offended with certain things that i say especially when you talk about religion or when you talk about social views even like government views mm-hmm. so many times like remember this the whole when modi came to power mm-hmm. that time it was like i had a friend who was like so offended with what i was telling him i'm like bro i'm not against or anything i'm just telling what is there what he's doing doesn't make sense at certain times so, you know he has a purpose he has a you know world vision and things like that yeah. so, this is uh, 2014 time right yes 2014 time 14 not it was 14 it was not 14 this was exactly in uh, 15 16 that was just when he came and the whole uh, some rules and all he started getting money all that uh, demonetization and gst and stuff yeah. yes i was like people are still even now people are you know standing by it and defending that mm. i know i've seen a lot of people who during 2014 they were like yes modi is going to bring a vishwaguru and all that 
but then as years passed by they slowly they left that illusion uh, because mm-hmm. of some gst or something or they realize okay this guy is just a puppet that's the final realization exactly uh, that is a scary realization though mm. but uh, why do you think uh, so many people vote for modi we want a leader mm. we want someone to tell us what to do it is i i at least feel it's very deep rooted like you know mm. not just it's just uh, magnified in the sense in the in the politics right now that the whole country needs one person who makes the choices for them it's not even like you know before it was not a centralized government you had at least states had power mm-hmm. but it is like nothing governments just overthrown left and right so people also people want that central kind of authority one person mm-hmm. that comes from family yeah i think like, uh, yeah I think many people are frustrated that uh, for so many years nothing was happening in India like things were going slow and they want they want India to suddenly become developed and they thought okay this guy has a glimmer of hope they were selling this Gujarat model idea like look at how developed Gujarat is even though it's not but they were sure. selling that idea so initially i actually sympathize with people who voted for modi in 2014 okay initial first time okay fine okay like people thought okay <laughs> yeah i get what you're saying yeah like initial this... okay fine this guy will build a strong india okay corruption will go away but i don't know after a few years when there is obviously evidence like like when he was uh, winning in 2014 there were all these claims this whatsapp forward saying that indian rupee will do very well against oh, the dollar petrol prices will fall down now so look at the petrol things. prices i mean when are you going to wake up i i don't know where are these people now you know who were talking were literally putting him putting him on a pedestal like mm. uh, no that's what as you i think you're going to say like what happened in 18 right like, uh, the next election okay. yeah 19 uh, 19 2019 and uh, i think uh, obviously you know the religion plays a big role in that you know they were uh, now people are like no it doesn't matter if the petrol prices go up we'll still vote for them because there's a larger uh, thing going on change now it is so cleanly changed like how we started it was development what was being put forward and then 19 it was all about unity yeah like yeah religion was the what they were putting it on basing it on but it was unity it was the whole us and them model kind of mm. you know, we have to stand strong they are encroaching our place now see they are still putting the same model forward for this election also yeah i know that same <laughs> yeah but i don't know if they are ever going to run out of excuses because i'm pretty sure he'll win again excuses is always be there there'll be always something to put forward again if nothing goes we have our always ever uh, you know reliant pakistan to help us <laughs> yeah, nothing goes go to tell you know like mm. we have they are playing you know, bombing or doing some shit and all and then mm. we'll all protect you kind of yeah so just more as a leader like that person who takes action not not just the pakistan i feel like the people here who are opposing modi they also in a way help modi the opposition parties Uh, the oh, people on the left yeah. you know they are kind of uh, making it easy for uh, uh, you know a lot of people will say who else to vote 
and that's an i i obviously have stopped voting that so that's a different... like yeah the most common yeah, everyone even some people who are like okay yeah bro modi is not really what you know i thought him to be the whole when 19 came that was the whole thing you know who else but who do you want me to vote for rahul gandhi they really ask and i don't have an answer <laughs> yeah. i yeah that whole no opposition thing is really also helping him a lot mm. so this country is you know it's going to hell it seems like it's going to hell so forget the country the country is a lost cause how can we help ourselves you know speaking selfishly speaking selfishly that is what i was actually thinking about we speak selfishly right now also right we are not really thinking about the country individually mm. we're thinking about the country technically everyone's just thinking i have to fill my pockets mm. and that is why the country is going spiraling it's just i told you know it's a magnification effect so self like if what i have to do is still sustain not just thinking about myself and my immediate family that's what's happening everywhere right now my immediate family and me should be financially that do not in any other way especially they should be financially secure but does security come only through finance like i don't know i don't think so there are a lot of other ways to be secure right what do you say well i think to certain extent to materialistic aspirations are necessary because you know if uh, the country the, the country the community the place where you grow if you have good roads and uh, if you are making good money a lot of the problems will go away there will be you know less poverty less uh, frustration uh, if you don't have money you will be always frustrated oh no i don't have enough savings what will i do about my kids what will i do for healthcare and stuff like that so if the country does well or if even if your community does well if your neighborhood does well it's good materialistic things are important but you can't have uh, live a good materialistic life if you are not uh, a society that has a good culture i think culture comes first and if if uh, you know people are starting to make money but in your uh, neighborhood everyone is a chutia who wants to steal the next person's money and uh, yeah, then what's the point yeah yeah this total insecurity even with money like nobody's un- like nobody's living in peace there they don't have a peace of mind that they can sleep rest assured i won't be murdered in my money rob like you know the rich money money they to see it so yeah that whole cultural aspect does point like i was telling in the terms that money shouldn't be centrally focused in this way there should be a balance of everything but balance is basically the key somewhere at least uh, that's what i believe Okay. So, like as you, yeah, as you said, society or the neighborhood—that's what it is. You start small. You, you're not even see. You didn't start by saying, "Let's look at just my family." Mm-hmm. If everyone looks up to this, their family and holding money or at least resources. Let's not even tell money, right? If you're accumulating all the resources for you to sustain it until your grandkids or until your, you know, right now it's like that. It's not even grandkids. <laughs> people are holding holding like for generations to come also they can aram se live like you know a normal satisfied life so many people have enough money to do yeah. that and i don't know why they still like no it's not enough something can happen and i understand because our that fear comes from where the government is not doing anything to secure its people's most common basic fears which again might be rooted in this problem of population right the government cannot do enough because there are so much people to do how can they give enough resources for everyone see, basic medical 
uh, or house like safety of having their own house or being able to earn enough to at least rent a house and still make savings to feed themselves satisfactorily basic needs becomes difficult so somewhere the answer does lie in smaller communities yeah uh, th that's why i find it more uh, desirable to have decentralized government i think right now those, there's too much dependence on delhi like delhi can't solve mangalore's problems let you know they are a bunch of incompetent bureaucrats suffering in air pollution what will they <laughs> do to yes. improve our lives and plus we are culturally so different yeah they don't even understand what a person like in karnataka is thinking feeling being what he experiences what is life for him you know a whole 24 hour cycle what happens to him what does he go through their life is so i don't know pacey on the run and chaotic Ours is, ours, it's not that ours is not, but our chaos is totally different from theirs. Just yeah. dealing with the city life in itself is the chaos for them or the whole Delhi atmosphere. Looking at the people in Delhi, if they think of a model to govern us in the same way, this won't work out. I want to share this story. Okay, this Supreme yeah. Court is obviously located in Delhi. There they have a fog problem. So in 2017, mm. for a brief while, uh, the mm -hmm. activas were manufactured in a way, 2017-16 uh, mm -hmm. time, that you could not switch off the headlight at all. So my dad bought an activa in 2017. He can't switch off the headlight because yeah. the uh, entire country <laughs> during that year had to manufacture scooters where you could not switch off your headlight because there is fog in Delhi and they wanted to make <laughs> a rule in Delhi that you can't switch off your headlights. So in Mangalore, you obviously yeah. don't need to switch on your headlights during daytime. Right. That's, that's so pointless now. Yeah. And you see the detriment, the problems of this. Now, because of that, my dad's headlights get spoiled quicker because it's switched on all the time. Environmentally, it's bad. So it doesn't make sense. That is what, that's exactly what is happening. I don't know. It can be said maybe very controversial, but we do have, need to have a decentralized government or smaller communities that can govern themselves mm. so yeah. bigger is always it's bad mm. like, you know it's difficult mm. practically like not happening yeah uh, it, it's not controversial at all controversial would be something like uh, sedation uh, uh, to me and to you <laughs> even that is not controversial <laughs> but to most <laughs> that doesn't <even> make sense <laughs> it's like what <laughs> Yeah, that's the whole point of a democracy, right? Mm. Like, it's the basis of democracy. How can you say you can't talk about your country and say, no, you only talk about positive ways or certain ways you cannot tell about the country? Mm. Uh, I don't know. These laws, man, I don't know what they were on when they made it. Like, honestly, some of the things. Or, yeah, frankly, when I came to know that, you know, how the some of the laws were made, it is not even what they were on. They were just, just so damn lazy that they didn't think of their own country and make the laws efficiently for every different scenario and situation. Like, you know, or at least update the laws on time. Yeah. Some of the laws we face are not even like of our generation. Mm. We are like still following them. Right. Yeah. And and it's uh, the, the the laws again has to be decentralized. Like the Supreme Court, the, some guys in Delhi in some robe is not going to understand my problems. Correct. It's just like how you said about the you know Activa problem. Yeah. The same thing. Just just made for one what union territory, one mm. city. It is yeah. Yeah. Wow. For a country of one billion, they just 
made one law based on what one lakh people or what one crore people. Yeah. So then you know then the question comes like what what kind of alternative models should we look at if not the current republic that we have right now where you know all states are paying taxes to the center and then the center decides what has to happen for 1.3 billion people what are the alternative models for example uh, if you look at switzerland switzerland does not have a capital city they have a, a de facto capital city bern which is a capital just for namesake <laughs> that's all mm. <laughs> so mm. should we have something like that or another solution uh, which i heard from this activist called some i i forget the activist name he said we have to make india mm. a partyless so every individual who stands for mp mla you stand you stand it as an independent no, not as not as a party at all so there are yeah. so many alternatives so what kind of alternatives do you have in mind uh, i i like the idea of uh, this districts that we have mm. right the district at least is much more uh, what would you say a singular type of a body there is much more unity in a district because at least most of the people in the district are more or less similar you do not have that much of diversity now our problem is somewhere you know that whole diversity which was our strength is somewhere becoming our you know nail in the foot <laughs> it's not letting us do anything that in itself is becoming from so smaller not even a state because the state is still too big a state in itself is a country in india right you look at every other european uh, countries especially in terms of india how it is all of europe should have been a country mm. and that's how it is you have spain where you have spanish everyone is the same they are culturally they are the same so again for me the division would still come as to you need to have be speaking a similar type of language you need to be speaking like not speaking you need to be having certain traditions that are you know common to your people like you know irrespective of religion you have a lot of you know different kind of cultural festivals that people celebrate that is not purely religious though the roots are religion now they have crossed that barrier and they're like okay this is a state festival and like how Kerala is a very good example for that, right? We have a lot of state festivals like that people, irrespective of religion, celebrate. Uh, yeah, so these are the main things, and they should be financially sustainable. That is yeah. one of, the, as you said, it is very important. They should be able to take care of all their basic needs through themselves. Mm. Definitely, there will be trade, right? Again, when you speak, it's not like they will only have to rely on themselves. Trade is an important aspect of uh, the whole civilization, not just one small little district. So yeah, I don't know. That is the kind of thing that I feel in my feel is a. At least you can try it out, man. That makes more sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Even I would strongly favor a decentralized uh, government, and there will be more competition also. Like uh, for example, right now, if I say I don't like this government, what will they say? They'll say, okay, fine, leave India. Leave India, go to Pakistan, yes. or some absurd, uh, you know, knee-jerk reactions <laughs> yes. like that. But if uh, the <laughs> government itself is decentralized, what will they say at the most? They'll say, "Leave Dakshina Kannada, fine," and they, uh, I'll go to a, go to some district close by that may have a different kind of government that uh, is more inclined to my style of living. So, if uh, mm -hmm. Kurg has a better government, 
that suits my needs i'll move there it's easier to move there than to bloody yes. like, move to some other country hey, go so, to pakistan <laughs> uh, that's that's again a ego thing okay because these uh, <laughs> so called armchair nationalists they their geography is very weak they think there are only two countries <laughs> in the planet india and pakistan like, if i'm not if i yeah. don't like india i'll obviously migrate to sweden or denmark why would i migrate to bloody you know, pakistan always best maybe why would you go anywhere like pakistan like you know it's a same it's not very different i i think they feel that there is so much difference in uh, mm. you know india and pakistan maybe south india and pakistan but northern parts i really don't see that they're good i have asked this to so many people like you know whoever have gone uh, abroad like abroad in the sense to dubai and all because there you have that proper uh, you know asian cultural mix you have people from all around all the muslim countries mm. right so you get to meet people from pakistan also and i've had friends like who have lived Uh, there was a mutual friend of ours as well who has lived there and he was telling us like you know uh, he was telling me like chill man nice people they like us only nothing much different <laughs> like, yeah but people are i don't think really believe that as a fact you think people in pakistan something you know like they, they, their lives are very different like they go to school bombs are falling everywhere <laughs> that's what they think <laughs> yeah um another thought that uh, you know comes to my uh, mind is uh, okay you know you can't really help the people see even if it gets decentralized uh, many people in this uh, country have weird priorities okay they prioritize something like religion or caste or something else more than uh, so- some issues that might be more important and sometimes i feel like we are compelled to fail as as a group like i i don't think that we can uh help 1 billion people i don't think we can so this whole selfish should, yeah this whole selfish voice in my head says okay you know what forget the people you help yourself hmm. okay just just yeah, become uh, just uh, become wealthy just become somehow become smart okay get get things done for yourself uh because that because see now now obviously we are growing old and uh, that that thought uh, that practical thought comes to my mind like okay you know what some of these people they don't want good things for themselves the way they are acting and the way they are voting it's like they want they want to remain poor they want to continue fighting let them die how can i help myself if i you can only take the horse to the pond if the horse doesn't drink water yeah. what can we do like i now i'm thinking in a more selfish way Hmm. Yeah, everyone should think in a selfish way. Some at some point, we can't just leave ourselves and then do for something. Only when you are having the resources to help, if you are at least thinking of helping later on. Only when you are sufficient, you can tell somebody else. Like what I'm saying is, you need to have the strength to at least take the horse to the water. Hmm. Whether it drinks or not, is it's not your choice. It's its choice. But if you can, wouldn't you at least take it? If you're seeing that the horse is struggling. you don't know that it's wants to drink water or if there's something wrong in its stomach or whatever it is you're thinking oh the horse is doing something that you want to take it so that phase of strength you need to have right that is what being selfish at least to me would be but if it see always money or power it tends to corrupt mm. now we've seen this time and again it's not something that very few people are like okay even though i will make some money and i will also see to it that somebody else around me also makes some money has a way to do that as well who's not merely immediate family we do this for immediate family right we do this for a random person like okay i like the way he thinks or i like the way 
we are as a um, uh, a pair of people think alike are mm. the same type of people or are each other's jigsaws somewhere who fit in each other's you know, mm. uh, <laughs> that hole that is there you have a lot of people that you find like this the whole idea of the community that is really would generally be people like this who are not who have a common similarity maybe but then if you are all similar like as i was telling before you have same language you have same culture everything these are not the personal attributes that are similar these are the common beliefs that people have right that time it is easier to have discourse but then people also need to have something that complements them if two people are very much alike after a point there is no there's nothing that you know really excites them they get bored what do we talk about everything that i say you will agree on and everything that you say will i'll agree on so like okay dude oppose me like you know tell me something that i can then will you know excite my memory or excite my thinking and things mm-hmm. like that so uh, or like in a couple you know one uh, one person has to be dominant the other person has to be more subservient if both are dominant <laughs> or if both are subservient it won't work exactly that's like we put it so yes that's how it is somewhere that we have to find certain people that fit in certain parts of our life right mm. because i don't know the whole idea of uh, having a couple like husband and wife thing yeah okay but you can't expect your husband or your wife to satisfy all your uh, you know mental needs you have different mental needs mm. physical needs also whatever so but yeah mental needs no so you if a husband and wife uh, cannot fulfill each other's mental needs uh, or if a couple cannot then uh, what what can they do you know so you have different people hmm. for different kind of see that's why i said mental needs like hmm. i cannot maybe talk to my wife about the things that i talk to you hmm. right hmm. so <laughs> i'm mentally cheating on her is it no it's not like that i'm fulfilling my mental needs with you that means mm-hmm. all these conversations i have somebody else so i don't have to push her to be in the same in some similar wavelength that i am in right mm-hmm. she might be having so many other characters that i get satisfaction from yeah. like the whole uh, you know our idea of uh, maybe nature itself or our idea of so many other things it can be simple things it doesn't have to be such complicated things about mm-hmm. food right about how we live in the house because i'll be living with her my whole life so mm-hmm. if i am a person who uh, likes to you know sort of not be so organized and i focus on other things more than being organized and she has a focus on organization like she is like a person who keeps everything neat and tidy it doesn't irritate her she enjoys doing it mm-hmm. if she might complain to you and tell you hey, you have to do this as well they will obviously but they will neatly do everything and you, you know that everything is in place we don't have to do shit about that is that perfect yeah it's like wow okay yeah i found i've really found the better half whatever they say <laughs> that's the problem with arrange marriages here man and arrange marriage brokers uh the aunties okay they're like okay the guy is fair we have to look for a fair girl the guy is tall we have to look for a tall girl the guy the guy is well educated may the we have to look for a girl also who is like highly educated maybe the guy doesn't want a well educated maybe the guy wants the exact opposite exactly they want yeah. someone who's like okay i don't want someone who's thinking so much of as you tell just physical features right yeah a tall or a chubby or a thin girl they always not want the same exactly. exactly like them they 
been like damn this is another me why do i want i'm not a narcissist that i want another me right not a lot of people are like that if, exactly why would i want another me like it's it's again like it's mental masturbation it's like yeah, i can look damn. in the mirror if i want <laughs> yeah exactly why would i want another human person clone of myself no i would want someone who's totally or not even totally but there has to be places where we don't meet you know we we are not equal peaks like it's saying like we have a wave a wave when two waves match it is not that they match at the points the highest points right it's how a again how a jigsaw fits so you cannot have people who have similar interests the two same jigsaw pieces just will lie above each other and do nothing you there should not be any completion you should start an app called jigsaw dude it's a competitor <laughs> for tinder because see currently mm-hmm. dating apps and all are suck they actually increase people's anxiety and stress yeah so, really okay. it's so bad like all these apps so yeah we have to be very practical we have to say look you know if you are only serious you come here and uh, basically you can put all your needs okay whatever mm-hmm. like i want you know i am like this this is what is wrong with me this is where i am lacking and we'll try to find another person who can fulfill yeah. who, who can fill that void because essentially when it's you're true. trying to find a partner that's what you're trying to do you're trying to fill a void that's it you're not trying to really you know i don't know what the whole uh, tinder and those other apps they have like likes what what do we like to do together that part is just one part of it where you're like okay this is those are not even friends man these are people who are just hanging out to pass the time so that's what these apps are sort of heading to right and they're not really helping you i don't even shadi.com does that like you know forget about tinder hmm. <laughs> it's the same yeah shadi.com and all this matrimonial websites they are like uh, building uh, they're an extension of career they're like okay you're a doctor we'll find another doctor for you you're 5 foot 9 we'll find a girl who's 5 foot 7 okay you look like yeah. this you're from this caste and this gotra and all that shit like we'll find like it's like that's what it's like yeah, is they're not exactly. finding a jigsaw they're finding a clone for each other for each other like you know and that uh but you see when you said about the whole uh, the caste thing yeah they do see the same thing but at least in hindus we see certain aspects of astrology also and there we try to put that as an uh, you know answer for uh, the whole jigsaw puzzle piece right you know mm. your these are your perfect fits mm. you have right you know they never tell uh, aquarius is you know you should marry an aquarius they always tell oh this is your perfect partner so they yeah. are doing that jigsaw thing there mm. but based on what i'm not sure you know how can you validate that yeah i think modern uh, i think modern hindus are annoying people i am saying this as a hindu i think uh, <laughs> old school hindu values had some uh, interesting things like uh, for, uh, like hindus had to satisfy three things okay dharma artha and kama dharma is like you had to have a, you have to uh build an orderly society where people are living harmoniously and stuff like that nothing nothing is happening right now okay artha is uh, economic prosperity where you help each other uh you know how enough wealth and how uh, take care of each other whatever like in modern mm-hmm. times if i had to speak make sure that everyone has a job and healthcare and stuff so that nobody is anxious and the third thing that we had to ful- fulfill is kama dharma artha and kama kama is sexual and romantic desires reproduction 
so that society continues and so on and so forth right now right. none of those things are happening the exact only the last one is huh? yeah <laughs> only the last one is they are following neatly <laughs> that that also forcibly i would say just for uh, just oh, yeah. <laughs> just because someone else is saying we we are doing yeah <laughs> we are not oh, enjoying no no yes. wait wait uh, the, the last no. you said they are doing the last one right see even mm. in the last one also we are supposed to do it lovingly peacefully and enjoyably are we really enjoying it no it is it is just there is no connection between the mental and physical self and doing it at all yeah. i don't know i really don't know. yeah so that's for some other day maybe <laughs> going into the pleasure pleasurable sides of things mm. so yeah but as you said these three three, these three, three things are like these uh, man that's why i love you know hindu philosophy mm. what they told about life and everything is man it's like spot on mm. this is what what you should do to live that whole satisfaction gain that whole moksha on earth kind yeah. of like they never told that you'll go somewhere and live happily there that's mm. why i always feel like my religion in that sense uh, is giving people hope but is that true hope it's a false mm. hope and you're telling them go there and then you'll be happy no one never says try to find it here like dude you're alive now why don't you just see if you find happiness here and some satisfaction some you know whole uh, fulfillment manifestation of your life mm. always go somewhere else yeah It's there yeah better the- life on the other side mm. now you don't masturbate you'll get permanent bliss over there <laughs> yeah that doesn't make sense you might as well you know beat yourself up like you know in a here in every way rather than you know wait for doing that for eternity that's really boring right why why boring you have 72 virgins after that what you do i don't know <laughs> oh man yeah so that religion side of it really ruins people's uh, whole aspirations of you know having no the whole thing where you're talking about how governance works governance mm. also comes into this mm. right here we are not telling we are surrendering all our rights our freedoms and everything else mm. to somebody else because we are telling oh he look up to me better than i can you know mm. consciously look up to myself and my people around me mm. that has to come i i am only say that has to come that is there somewhere within us it's just that we have forgotten it that whole uh maybe that circle of life where we are in we are in the bottom side of the circle not in the top so you know we are feeling that heat of living every day earning for every day we are into that capitalistic trap somewhere mm. that you know <laughs> that earning for what i don't know just to buy things satisfy that buying need but uh you know like we can go into capitalism it'll, it'll take a long time. we'll go there we'll go there uh but see uh okay actually we'll go there only now so uh, yes. yeah capitalism pros and cons and the different kinds of capitalism crony capitalism or free market capitalism uh even in nature okay let's say this none of this existed you will still have to work in fact if you live in a commune right uh, where there is, where uh, like somewhere like auroville or in some other commune you will have to work in fact in a commune they hate un- unemployed people because you get stuff yeah. for free but you have to work for as many hours as possible because otherwise what will the commune get 
so you, working is something i feel like you you have to do everywhere hmm. that is definitely there you cannot or uh, what would you going for the idea that uh, i need to have build a community or need to have this way of life where i can sit and do nothing no it, it's not possible yes it is not not even okay let's say if it was possible would you still want to do that uh well sit and I, do i would you have food water everything that you need coming to your feet you mm-hmm. can walk, like okay maybe even i don't know if you want luxuries or anything you're not going to luxury you're just mm-hmm. telling you have basic needs mm-hmm. you have time on your hands you can do whatever you want you are in nature you are in your the nature there is like you know i mean to say the whole community mm-hmm. is surrounded uh, within they have an uh, good mix with the ecosystem they're living in that way they have houses and everything some facilities also are there basic facilities what do you want to do you i would do around and... no i wouldn't sit quietly i would do things that i find value i would do work that may not fetch me money because here i'm not bothered about money that i actually enjoy because mm-hmm. now i'm free to do anything i my basic needs are met now i mm-hmm. uh, since i can do i won't sit quietly i'll do the things that mm-hmm. i actually love may now see in in the current society that we live i have to obviously think okay i'm doing a podcast this podcast doesn't generate money i have to do some other work as well to sustain myself financially which is what i'm doing now mm-hmm. like genuinely i'm doing some other work and plus i found a job just last week so i may have yeah. to yeah <laughs> i found a job yeah. yeah man now i have to yes. again i have to go back to that whole 9 to 5 life So no, I don't have to congratulate you now then. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's so sad like saying that. No, yeah, but fine. yeah, so in the world that we live in, we have to be concerned about how much money we have in the bank because if we don't, then we'll end up in the streets or we may not be able to feed our stomach. And it's not even feeding our stomach like even if I don't work at all, I think I will be able to manage to fetch two meals a day. i either by living on someone else's money or by begging i can find my basic needs will be met but i think i'm working right now to get slightly more than that Correct. so right yeah. now right now in in mangalore the average person why does he work does he work to meet his basic needs most of us in mangalore have uh, like middle class people at least we have a decent house we know that we have enough to have at least two meals every day we are working not to meet our basic needs we are meeting because we want something slightly more that uh, month end trip to himachal pradesh or maybe we want to buy a new bullet bike or we we want to buy a new car we are working for that not for basic needs correct definitely and that is a part like you know i cannot say that human being should not should be devoid of uh, uh, you know getting certain senses of pleasure or happiness or satisfaction in materialistic ways it cannot be only about sitting in nature and pondering upon or you know forget even about that you know, just being in communities uh, sitting and painting together sitting and just doing crafts or talking to each other about you know, your emotions and things like that in the end of life we have to experience things get that whole thrill the rush of adrenaline the different hormones have to flow always it always can't be just serotonin and dopamine so yeah but how far are we going to attain this like what are all of these sacrificing to attain the whole idea of uh, you know what i need my needs like if do people really define that when i look at people when they are going at the whole capitalistic side of it like why i term it this way is you no know, i buy a 
you know, bike. I buy a two-wheeler as a need. I buy it to transport. Right. The basic need is nothing but I have to go from point A to point B. But to what extent do I want this vehicle? Like, I don't know what extent or to what, uh, you know, how fancy do I want this vehicle to be? Right? Uh, do I really need to for it to be a super bike? I'm no. not sure. Like, you know, having, I, I discussed this whole thing, like, one, one of my friends had asked me, like, if you had all the money in the world, uh, you wouldn't you buy uh, you know, a super bike and a super car and, like, buy your own house and, have a big mansion for yourself and all those things, all those resources wouldn't you like, I don't know that idea, though it seems nice. I the only satisfaction here for me is ownership. Mm. Right? The fact in my head that tells me I am the boss of this place, I am the boss of this vehicle, which I didn't find the whole I didn't find that idea intriguing. But I don't have to have ownership of it. I have to have the experience of it. Mm. Right? If I had all the money in the world, I wouldn't buy anything, I would rent it out. You know, I would just stay in, I would drive different vehicles one on day maybe as my whole that need to satisfy, like which I wanted to ride, which I was like, oh, fancy, or the kind of places that I would want to stay. I would do that. But not as it needs of, you know, as means of owning it. Mm-hmm. And right now the problem is coming that everyone wants to own everything. Mm-hmm. Which our planet can honestly not provide. <laughs> our planet cannot have what whatever 6.7 billion billionaires, right? Does not satisfy that resource. Yeah. If if I had a lot of money, I would use it to reduce my uh, need of money. So if I had a lot of money and if I bought a farm, then my need for money would automatically go away because I can grow my own vegetables. I have my own cows and chickens. I don't have to work in some company in Bangalore. I can just sit at. So that's I I think money can give you freedom. Money is not good or bad. I think it's the people who choose to use yes. it properly. If some guy, uh, you know, uses all the money to go and party and he wastes it on mm. useless things, then he kind of deserves to suffer. You know, if that guy later goes and says, oh, capitalism, bro, it's so frustrating. I would say, no, so, you deserve to suffer. Yeah, he should first make sure that he has a you know way to satisfy that need of his. Like, he should be able to earn that much money. Mm. Right, in some way or the other. But now the thing is, our way of earning money is flawed. Like a person mm. who's growing food is not given enough importance. Mm. Yeah. Basic things that people should be given paid more for, they're not. So mm. obviously there is a disconnect. A person who's selling the product is getting much paid much more because he's convincing another person to buy it. Mm. Why should someone be convinced to buy another product? Right, if it should be need based. Mm. I need this product. I want this product. I'll come and buy it. The aggressive sales that we are doing is somewhere hurting us. That whole need to expand, to always every quarter have profits, like double your profits. Mm. Always keep your profits stable and still have its profit, right? It's not it's not a break-even that you're talking about. I, every month I don't need to break even. Definitely you can't. You need to have profits every month. Mm. What extent are people going? And even you said now you're okay, you're going to have a lot of money, you're going to see a way to sustain that money you didn't talk about investing it and getting more money out of money mm. right because that is one way as well you told you buy a farm mm. but even then you said i will buy a farm mm. i asked why do you need to buy a farm like, you know you can invest in a farm in the sense of uh the whole community farming kind of aspect of it, you will still need to buy the land, land. 
Now, if somebody has the land, like, mm-hmm. okay, fine. If you're saying you're the first person doing it, mm-hmm. then cool. But what if you're telling there is no, there is a lim- you know, cap of how much uh, agricultural land that we have? Mm-hmm. Are you going to say, I okay, I still, there is land, there is no agricultural land. So I'm going to buy some land and then convert it to agricultural land. That would make sense. Right. You're, again, they're again buying it. So I'm talking about when resources are limited. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks like I want to buy something and then own it. It doesn't make sense. For certain things, we need to know where we don't have to really buy it and then experience it. Right. Or, or, or we need even to make money out of it. No, if, for example, if imagine mm-hmm. every Indian had like one or two mm-hmm. acres of land, that much land is there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two, two, three acres of land. He can sustain himself. The problem is that. Uh, we have moved to cities and we live in like extremely tiny quarters and now in mm-hmm. in order to sustain to live in a tiny apartment you have to work so much uh, and mm-hmm. you don't have your own source of food so you have to get food from swiggy or zomato and they sell it to you with a very high markup price and uh, you're mm-hmm. uh, working even hard to meet their very high markup price so if you mm-hmm. buy a land of your own that would essentially uh give you financial freedom whether you do it in a community farming or whether you do it through ownership of that land is kind of irrelevant to me because if i own a land i'll be free i don't have to work okay so we are again coming back to the point of not having to do anything no see i i obviously have to do a lot of things uh, oh, buying yeah. a land so, is um, what i'm asking is you wouldn't uh, would you want to work on that land and grow your own things Okay, so or would you want to hire somebody to do it and you would sit quietly in that part? If see, if labor is available and if mm. there's another person who wants to work now, if I say mm. no, I want to become self sufficient and I am mm. going to do all the work, that would be stupid because now if I hire that guy who is going to do a better job than me and if I can use his labor and if I can make money, he is also getting a job. And in the work, mm. in the time that I have for myself, if I can do something else like a creative endeavor, that's another way of mm. me to, you know, make money and to sustain myself and to also live a high quality life, enjoy my life. And that, that would make my life more meaningful than, you know, going after self-sustainability. What is self-sustainability? Saying that, oh, I'll do all the work by myself. And then what? If another guy mm. is there who can do a better work than me, I'll... Sh- Give him the work, I'll do something else. I am not saying about self-sustainability as in you doing everything by yourself. Mm. Right. That's just saying I don't believe anybody else can be better than me at something. So again, not a very good idea to have in your head. That's right. You're doing something much more sensible here. You're saying I will do something that I'm good at. I have this land. So there is other person, another person coming and he will work on this land. And that's what. Now my question comes there as you said, no, the whole ownership. Now, this person who comes to you to work, he doesn't own your land, mm. right? He does not have the money to own your land, but he has the uh, skills to do a much better job at your land than you itself. And you mm. keep him as your employee. We are again coming to the whole, uh, you know, corporate hierarchy where you're, you will say that, see, you're my this one servant, like you're working in my house or in my land. And, do that work you'll get some peanuts for that and i'll keep the major chunk of it and i'll be happy you know doing whatever i like enjoying my life 
that again brings in inequality right how does that work okay uh, why is inequality a bad thing isn't inequality a good thing to a certain extent i think i look at inequality the same way i look at cholesterol for all these years people were demonizing cholesterol cholesterol is bad but now we are realizing that cholesterol is not bad even if it goes up slightly it's not bad only if you have excessively high cholesterol then you're screwed but if you if saying that a person should not have cholesterol is also bad because only a dead body does not have cholesterol similarly only a dead society does not have uh, inequality why do we look watch mm. olympics why do you watch boxing matches why do we look uh, look at sports because we celebrate inequality one guy is better than the other we give a gold medal to that guy in society everything that has happened is because of inequality every progress that has happened is because of inequality roads have been paved cities have been constructed we have laptop we have technology we, and everything because of inequality and without this inequality and without this capitalism there would be no motivation for human beings at all okay you are talking about motivation in terms of inequality right uh, let's say you just spoke about cholesterol i would consider inequality also in similar terms now it's not that cholesterol is bad it's the type of cholesterol that is bad for you right there are different types of cholesterols of which certain levels if they are high and the others are low it is bad you need to have a somewhere a balance of them all mm. right you cannot let any one type go too high other type go down. so in in with inequality also i would feel it's the same way inequality in what terms right would you say inequality is only financial i don't mind financial inequality i don't mind inequality in multiple areas including financial okay. i think see uh there are if let's say let's put vice versa let's say someone else is owning the land okay and i am very good at farming i would want to work in that farm and i would want him to do something else with his life so that i have a job doing that farm and uh, he and you said paying peanuts now if i don't work in that farm i don't have a source of income so i should be in a way grateful and i it's not just about money i get a lot of life skills i get a source of income i get some dignity from working there which i wouldn't get otherwise Hmm. Uh, okay that is also fine let's say we the person gets dignity but uh, you know he's working in your farm he gets joy in doing that like oh, you're working in that farm you're getting joy doing that right uh, that in itself is your motivation hmm. the whole part of you working getting that whole satisfaction in life you think after working in the farm he will have something else to do that gives him satisfaction is that what you tell no see you forget the joy aspect also okay just now if i was if i was that guy if i was the farmer i would be happy mm. to work there because i'm getting some kind of money i'm getting some not just money but even the uh, dignity of having a work now if i say see i'm working in this farm i want equal shares of this i want that that wouldn't make sense that the owner can just say please go work somewhere else now let's uh, le- let's take two societies one is more capitalistic one is more communist socialist where do you think mm-hmm. people would move from communist to the capitalist society or from the capitalist to the communist society do, do you think uh, uh, pe- people would still move to the capitalist society despite inequalities yes. why are they doing why are capitalist societies doing so well as you said it is the whole competition aspect right 
the the competition makes the person try to achieve more but right now we are only competing for one kind of thing is what i think the monetary competition you have to compete for everything else right for a better life as well not only in terms of monetary senses like even in terms of your uh, physical health your mental health your relationships with your you know your social life and everything comes to point when you're talking about uh, how well you're living how you're competing to be better in every aspect mm. like it's like saying we can't even just think about your mental health and like not have take care of your body right that's also going to be the same like you and in the end you're going to earn like you know waste money for that that is why we we are so you know adamant of getting a lot of money so that whenever any other problem comes right okay for that we have the money to safeguard ourselves the security factor comes from there but that security factor can also come from the sense of uh, you know a community that you have that will also share in taking care of you or whatever happens you're taken care of in a certain way and going towards the whole uh, you know building the roads or doing pro- like progress basically or development basically uh, you'd say it is purely capitalistic that we need to earn more money that we are doing this but we are going back to how politics works right now in our country they are just do building the road because next year they get elected for you know, they are to come in power i would want that kind of development it should be a need based development where okay you need something we have to be progressive and you have to be like always uh, not stagnant saying okay i have my basic needs set then i'm good there are so many things to explore right you, we still don't know so much about so many things like even the food that we eat is it the best that food that we can make is it the best forget about best food is it the best yield that we can get going back to the farmer his motivation in life should also be uh you know getting the best out of his land that is what makes it gives him joy if he is that kind of puzzle who tells that i am or the puzzle piece that i'm talking about who tells that uh farming gives me joy i like looking at these plants bro i like putting water i like you know mm. growing them having a good yield not only just the growing part of it i'm you know i compete with myself to make it you know make a better yield every year i you know literally take down how much how much i grown every year and i try to compete with myself or even with the other person's farm and telling oh that guy's grown this much i'm also going to grow a lot of things but you know that will help the society you're not going to tell right now what's happening if we see the whole inflation part of it what happens is the person in the next farm puts tomatoes i put tomatoes like thinking that's the best like you know okay they don't know what has to be put they don't know what has to be grown what the market because of the disconnect between the farmer and the market so if he's growing something that is also giving him money and also like the joy of growing why do you be satisfied he that whole will also be getting dignity saying yes i'm working in this person's farm as well i'm doing so good the dignity is that in itself that wow i'm doing so awesome the whole competition side of the equality side that i am mentioning is right now in our country the uh, the inequality sorry the right now in our country the inequality of the gap is so wide do we really mm. need such a wide gap i don't yeah, think so we don't we don't It's honestly, I don't see the point. Like you know, we know that we can. Right now, also, if Ambani gives away half of his wealth, he can satisfy like so many things. Like not just give money. See, I don't agree that you should give money to the people, mm. but make resources, create resources. Because how are you getting money? You're getting money by draining the resources. That's it. There's nothing more. 
somewhere down the line, some resources are getting, natural resources are getting devoid of their things, or even human resources we are extracting. It's all that. Why do you need to extract? Think that is necessary. Capitalism is going to that, you know, I have to satisfy me. And that one yeah. person is trying to extract it. Yeah. Maybe we need to have a more subtle capitalism where you are not so aggressive mm. with your needs. A more uh, compete. Yeah, a more decentralized capitalism. Even capitalism needs to be decentralized. I I, I, I'm not really against uh, capitalism because it, uh, you know, some level of inequality, some level of competition leads to innovation and uh, technological improvements. It gives a lot of people job. But again, you know, these uh, few handful of co- corporations, when they they are behaving like governments essentially, they first of all they bought the governments, and uh, mm-hmm. they they are uh, lobbying so much. They are lobbying for the laws. They they decide what kind of roads to be built, what kind of railway tracks are to be laid. So where it has to lead to, yeah, where exactly. it has to be built. So yeah, even capital. I'm okay with capitalism, but even capitalism should be decentralized. It shouldn't be just a handful of uh, companies. Instead of having four companies, we should have like 200 companies competing with each other. Let them compete with each other. They like competing, right? Let let Mm -hmm. the consumers or let the layman who doesn't like competing. Let us get the fruits of their competition. Since they love competing with each other, let them. We'll get the freedom of choice. We need to have a freedom of choice saying I can choose whatever I want to. And you know, uh, I don't know if this is even an an idealistic idea where right now, how do we market? None of the marketing is basically true to a certain extent. There is some sort of falsehood that they try to, not falsehood at least, somewhere where they are trying to persuade us into buying their product. They use some of the most. Insidious tactics, I would say, that is not nice. Like you know, the way that they are uh, uh, pushing people to buy their products. Mm. I know they can't. I, I I don't know why they can't be honest mm. to a certain extent, at least, where they're saying, "Okay, this is the product. If you want to buy it, you can buy it." Yeah. I would certainly see people buying a lot of different types of products. They nobody will mm. really want to. When you're in a smaller society, mm. I agree that they tell like, "Okay, he's now why I would buy some product. Somebody else would test it and tell, oh, this is really good.'" A really good product, right? But you have differences in uh, you know how a person needs what is a personal need of a product. Mm. you still can have marketing that you do not do, or you don't need to always compete in the same type of product. There are so many different types of products you can make. Yeah. So. And uh, yeah, in here in Mangalore, we have a very shitty version of capitalism, uh, where uh, uh, see even beyond capitalism. Uh, what I really appreciate is beauty and architecture. I like Mangalorean old school architecture, you know, the red roof tiles and the old style windows. Here in the we have suddenly I'm seeing billboards everywhere, dude. It's it's disgusting. Oh, like you, I can't walk. Side of is covered with billboards, no? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It's it's a. It's they've changed the name, I think. Sivin Complex is something yeah. else now. <laughs> you yeah. can't walk yeah. in a road and just look at the sky and say, Wow, beautiful. If you raise your head, you'll see some 50% discount by saris here or some shitty yeah. billboard like that. So capitalism again should be hand in hand with uh, what society wants as a whole. If we are mm-hmm. better off with uh, you know nice buildings, with nice architecture that is also sustainable. Uh and in, in India, we don't even have one single uh, planned city. 
if you you know there are so many architecture uh, channels on youtube if you look at mm-hmm. a city like uh, barcelona or mm-hmm. if you not just barcelona any any city even in the uk for example like manchester they're so well planned the arch- like in one street all buildings have to be four floors not six floors not two floors here you look at the city man there will be one godangadi next to godangadi there will be one 20 it's like uh, you know badly trimmed pubic hair that's what i call it it's <laughs> it doesn't make oh, sense yeah. and right next to that you will see two three billboards right next to that one kachda you know one garbage bin it doesn't make sense <laughs> we don't have good planning here at all the planning comes after the explosion of you know whatever it is the population the development or you know the whole the companies industries come after that they'll like, oh yeah i think we need to build a road here <laughs> there are so many companies uh, yeah so that's how it happens and then they're like okay Now the companies have already approached all the space for the road so only one vehicle can pass now <laughs> it's, it's basically like that like so the yeah. planning thing hmm. yeah. I, i don't entirely blame the companies okay i mean partially i blame the companies but i also blame a terrible culture of our people and the governance if you look at a place like bangalore i would solely blame it on an organization like bbmp if you look at all these hmm. tech parks inside the tech parks the roads are very good so you kind of have right. to applaud the companies for maintaining those are all private roads private roads mm-hmm. private uh, security guards they have done a good job you know nice lawns and all that you come outside government made roads sucks which means you we have to acknowledge to a certain extent that something is privatized it is more eff- efficient something that is mm-hmm. run by government is inefficient there is red tape there is bureaucracy people want to blame uh, fingers at each other and that's why right outside the tech parks will have roads full of portals inside tech parks you have like sweden like roads <laughs> yeah but then again if you see like we will blame our government because again it is a you know a uh, government that is taking care of so many people even if you talk about decentralized state government a state government can't do shit man it's too too big the state in itself for them to really be doing anything even now US also has the same problem it's just that they provide better facilities in certain terms because they are better financially more secure as a country and they do not have such population demands that they have to satisfy ours is purely a population based you know resource uh, division that we do we we cannot think about any resource without thinking the uh, think about the scale of the resource that we need yeah so that whole privatization also if it happens as a decentralized mm. in a decentralized economy then yeah it does make sense mm. like, you know I, i don't see now again for me that whole idea of privatization of government it is still telling getting an entity to rule over you if it comes to that then i don't see what is the point it should just be an agreement where they are providing certain things to us mm. in return when we are we are like okay you are providing this we are paying whatever you know for the resource based according to that resource not too much in excess enough for you to also help me source that resource and enough for me to also tell you okay this is a uh, you know this amount is for you to ensure that you make give the service every time with the same level of you know commitment and accuracy and things like that right so i don't know the whole when you say i would rather have a private organization rule over me i don't see the difference see when when i say a private organization i'm not saying someone like tata or adani should have the access to our roads like i don't mind the road outside my house 
being uh, privatized but not uh, n- but i would want the private company to be something like uh, you know nantur private company some company <laughs> that is local and i know i would have access to the ceo of that company where the people of our mm. uh, uh, neighborhood would have access to the a company for example uh, take an apartment okay the roads inside the apartment is managed by a private company but it's not managed by some big company by some local contractor and every resident mm. in that apartment will have access to that company if something is wrong in that road he, they can approach that company and say boss repair it immediately i have paid you why are you not doing it so i don't mind mm. uh, the roads being privatized but again it has to happen in a decentralized way the ultimate solution is not who runs it uh, whether it it doesn't matter if a government runs it or a private corporation it has to be someone small local and decentralized correct and it has to be someone who understands uh, or looks outside the whole concept of uh, you know ownership saying oh i own this it is mine you don't have any say in it. that authoritarian ownership it is right who, who kind of really does, does understand what democracy really means like we have a flawed system of democracy right in the name of it's a it's a lie in the name of democracy right they just feeding people the idea of democracy not the true nature of it but uh, again uh, go, going on a, another tangent is democracy the best form of government i was watching this uh, tamil movie i don't remember the name and the uh, guy in that movie is stuck in an elevator because the electricity goes off and he starts insulting mm-hmm. democracy this is all democracy's fault when they have to find a new kind of uh, pharmaceutical drug or a vaccine or whatever it's mm-hmm. just two scientists inside a lab doing all the research hundreds of people don't come and vote which chemical has to go in that drug which is why they are able to find the best cure for a disease but here because hundreds of people are giving their opinions not hundreds crores of people maybe that's the reason why democracy is not working should we be really be listening to each and every person who we know that you know some of them are not really smart people so opinions are really not meant to be taken like yeah i get what you're saying but the whole that if you go back to that conversation we are talking about uh, uh, two you know scientists sitting in a lab right when you're talking about two scientists sitting in a lab the only people that have to be who should be telling them what to do or what not to do are people who are in their same level of uh, you know educational level right or intellectual i don't even say education intellectual level right they are also scientists who understand the practice and the theory of what the other two people are doing in that lab and because somebody has to tell them they're doing right or wrong everyone needs that but it's about the same thing that we do we are we are famous at doing this right uh, we ask a uh, cricketer after he comes from the match Uh, like you know okay this that and all and what about uh, how do you think is the political so who do you think people should vote for that like what why should he be asked about or an actor for that matter asked about his opinions about politics and say he should justify it like why he's saying that and all that like, man it doesn't make sense so that part of it uh, i think uh, you know socrates i'm not sure yeah was like very uh, though he was like for democracy he was like that is not a system that should be what into the you know the fray where people are or it shouldn't be a system that has to be followed unless and until it is not foolproof foolproof technically <laughs> right you know <laughs> because you cannot have uh, people who do not uh, really think about anything other than 
their existence and themselves how can that person think about anything but even the whole small community how can he have a say in the community when he's not even had any idea of what that community is so the whole voting everyone voting also doesn't make sense i really don't think everyone should be given the uh, you know that precious uh, thing that you know you, you can vote it's a, it's, a, it's a very precious thing right so only there there have some test maybe that they are like okay mm-hmm. only you qualify to vote then you can you have a certain idea of what your country is or what your small little community is and then you can yeah. right now they have not clue right yeah the i exactly so elections are nice on a small scale like uh, uh, going back to that whole apartment thing if the residents mm-hmm. of the apartment uh, come and vote and decide what paint has to be put on the uh, flat i'll be like okay that's great but can an entire country decide on something and do i want that to happen for example if my uh, doctor says hey something is wrong with your kidney only i and my doctor get to decide if i'm going to have a kidney transplant or not if some 100 people on the neighborhood get to decide if they get to vote if i'm getting a kidney transplant or not that wouldn't be fair to me but elections and governance affects each and it affects me so sometimes i ask hmm. why should all these people get to vote on why how the roads have to be built on which i'm going to go uh, because these are not the best these are not the smartest people frankly speaking correct and what do you need in gov- like now we talked about governance uh governance is only about administration hmm. right you're talking about how you are going to provide uh, facilities to everybody to you know in a very uh, equal way so that everyone can use and pay and you know whatever money they pay for they are like the taxes that they're paying for they're getting whatever the benefits that they are going to you know get from so like here when you're talking about it i don't understand uh, you know why we have this whole like so many people coming and saying why we have to get their opinion about or what they're trying to say is it it's, it's relevant like only certain people should be given that right to uh, have a say in certain things mm. yeah. and lots of that's what when you have a decentralized government that's what happens right you, you have a smaller community that community mm. should be allowed to talk about itself and make decisions for itself mm. it's much more sense okay so enough about this whole government thing uh, a part a part of me is extremely pessimistic Th- these are whatever we discussed so far these are uh, some good ideas these are ideal i would say like if <laughs> if some of these uh, ideas are executed i think the world would be slightly better off if not way better off uh, but another part of me says okay you know what nothing is going to happen you you kind of have to give up and uh, focus on yourself because if uh, you know like uh, someone like jordan peterson would say if, uh, clean your house first then you worry about the world's problems so right now i'm uh, at a stage where i think okay you know what these are my opinions these are my ideals but there's not a lot i can do to help this country or to help uh, make the world a better place and i don't know if i if i'm even willing to do that but i am willing to improve myself i mm. i want to be a better person and uh, right. uh what are your thoughts on that you know what what can we do to improve ourselves forget the world dude to improve ourselves is that whole again so what do we find satisfaction in 
what gives us the whole uh, idea of peace mm. right you, you know basically you need to have certain uh, basics that you need to start thinking about this, right you need to be in good uh, physical shape you need to have something like you know okay like my physical not even physical shape like body wise i need to be health wise also nothing is happening to me right now we are maybe in a prime but uh, even then you should safeguard in certain ways get enough nutrition mm. then think about okay mentally am i getting all the things you need mental resources as well just like how your body needs food your mind also needs food in different ways so are you getting that and again are you getting that whole uh, society feeling like a human being cannot live on his own and to be for me even if i'm saying like i'm being selfish and being happy about it i will still need people around me i can't just live uh, in a house alone mm. though i i do agree that a lot of people might find that as a sense of happiness they do a lot of people do that i don't know if they would uh, be willing or wanting to do that their entire life right without contact with another person you still need that your expression right a source of expression is also very important if either it is with a person or with yourself you need to express yourself some people they what they draw they sing they dance they even talk to each other like what we are doing this is again an expression of each other right so things like that these are the things that really put a person at least i feel is needed for him to have that whole happy life fulfilled life yeah man yeah um you, you know huh yeah i'm i'm actually lost right now you know so many different uh, thoughts are coming into my head every you know every time we meet we you know even the past uh, two three times that we met you keep saying that every individual is sort of like a jigsaw piece this is one thing that you keep saying yeah what do you mean by that exactly a jigsaw piece Uh, everyone is looking for some sort of satisfaction right mm. in terms in different terms that is you know uh, we have our uh, again going back to the mental physical or uh, social satisfactions that we see so when we talk about satisfaction now right now what we are doing is we are trying to beat it out of different types of people mm. we are like okay the whole in the wife that you have or the friends that you have you are hoping that your friends will satisfy your every need mm. or certain needs which need not be you can have n types of needs that can somewhere go range from you know somewhere where society is telling like oh wow this is a very beautiful quality that he has his need might be to gain attention right you know? giving attention gives that person happiness is very very uh satisfied once he gets people telling like oh wow this is so nice about you oh your something is good about you for some other people that might not be it's about just attaining that whole uh you know their skill level or their way of expression now even if they are doing that they need uh if it is something that they like painting for that matter uh, i don't see how the whole jigsaw goes there but even then like as far as i know every artist needs a source of inspiration that in itself can be a jigsaw who is giving you that source of inspiration in terms of society or in terms of a person uh, in society i would say he has like 
it's sexually at least the whole now when I, let's go to the whole bdsm part right that's the best way i find uh, the whole jigsaw piece where i can explain well, people who are submissive and people who are dominant i guess they find each other to gain that whole sense of Nobody is getting traumatized there in any way, probably, hopefully at least, because I wouldn't make that as a statement, but they are people who enjoy what they are doing. They are not being, uh, you know, forced into it, or they are not trying to gain that sense of uh, satisfaction through somebody else who does not agree with that, you know, they're forcing it out of them. So many of our families, we try to do that, right? Even now, I, I don't see how in families it would fit. Because now you don't choose your parents, right? You there is that's one part, point in your life which you have no say in that. You automatically have to love your parents irrespective, right? But there we somewhere forget that okay, we cannot be a jigsaw there because yeah, you don't know what qualities yeah, you don't know what qualities uh, your parents have. Some sometimes you might not agree with so many qualities of your parents. Mm. You might be like, no, this is not my you know my principles do not agree with this. So there do you say like, no, I do, I want to find my jigsaw, no, but everywhere else you have a choice with your friends, the things that they like and the things that they don't, mm. you always have a choice as to say where I fit in society. I say we are a jigsaw because as a whole, I look at every human being as a jigsaw piece, like, you know, a big, you know, big puzzle around this world. Mm. We're just waiting, we're just not waiting, we're just searching for the place where we fit in the best. Mm. where we don't have too much negativity, where we don't have too much positivity. Mm. You know? So that is what I at least have an idea of the jigsaw. I hope somewhere that comes to fruition. Yeah, that <laughs> makes how yeah, that makes sense. And uh, I what you said was practical also. A lot of people look at uh, parents. Like, why are my parents not like me? They're not meant to be like you. And the vice versa is worse. People don't have a lot of expectations from their parents, but the vice versa is very true. Parents have a lot yes, of expectations yes. from their kids. They want their kids to be their jigsaw puzzle. They can't. Okay, at least they should yeah. not. See, parents to certain to a certain age, maybe till sixteen or eighteen, you can tell your kids do this, do that, go to church, go to temple, would get good marks or whatever. But in Indian parents, even at the age of thirty, they tell their kids do this, do that. And that ruins so many relationships with, and finally the kids will, kids will abandon their parents. That will become another issue. Oh, this guy has abandoned his uh, mother. What is he supposed to do? He got fed up of his mother. If you, if you beat <laughs> yeah, your child. Yeah. It just cracks, man. People crack after a point and then they, the society will turn that person as a, not a, you know, a good member of the society because he thought enough of this bullshit. Let's see what's wrong in that. The wrong part is where the parents would want the kid to always fall in a line that was drawn to them. Mm. Right? It's not even a line that they are drawing to the kids. They are sticking to some line that somebody, maybe their, their parents drew for them. And they're like, okay, my parents did this to me. I'm going to do this to you. This is the same thing that we have, like even in college, we have you know, seniors and juniors, what they do. Our seniors did to us, so we are going to do so so that's what uh, i had this guy this guest called jayant bandari okay he he absolutely mm -hmm. hates india okay he he is <laughs> born and raised up in india he went abroad he mm -hmm. read a lot of uh, western philosophy and stuff like that and he's like 
western culture is so good indian uh, and he indian culture doesn't make any sense he came back to india and uh, mm. he, he ran a, a bunch of successful businesses but he said it's mm. so hard to run a business without uh, bribing a bureaucrat everyone is so uh, corrupt here wait mm. we were talking about something right yeah yeah ju- senior junior thing so he, he says yes. uh, that uh, the reason why india indian culture is very difficult to reform is because indians get a kick out of uh, punishing the weaklings uh, in mm. college take their senior junior example ideally when a senior rags a junior what should the junior do he should take his anger back on the senior not on some on the next generation of weaklings here in india that's what is done yeah it's like <laughs> uh, you know uh, this lady gets tortured by her mother in law what does she do she waits for her son to get married so that she can torture the next generation of daughter in law exactly Exactly. So that is that is what we follow, right? We follow a system where we are saying, uh, okay, now if I have got something, experienced something, I'll always give it to somebody else or pass down. That whole again, the whole hierarchy of things. We don't see as uh, everybody is equal. Do we really look at our kids as equal to us? I Do mean, our parents look at us as equal to them? I don't think so. They still look at us as kids, which is good. Like you know, uh, physically when you're looking at them like that, it makes sense. but we should understand how uh, people grow mentally mm. right we are still looking at our parents are still looking at us as physically as kids or they think of us as kids it is fine somewhere but uh, are they thinking that we are incapable of making decisions and choices yeah even After... if they do mm. <laughs> even if they do they should keep those uh, things to themselves and not let it overflow on us You know those insecurities. It's their insecurity, right? They think that oh, something bad will happen to my kid. Oh, my kid might not be able to. Uh, the society is too cruel, right? Mm-hmm. It's their fears that, after all, let them to keep us in chains and bind us like this. There, yeah, there's a balance. Like if a, if a parent says uh, his child, don't do drugs or wear a helmet while going out for a ride or whatever, to that uh, to that extent, it's mm-hmm. fine. but if they say something like you have to choose this dream in college or you have to marry this girl that's crossing the line you should parents should know where the line is drawn and they shouldn't cross it correct definitely and it's also about how uh, we not even we are talking about parents or we are talking about that uh, junior who gets ragged and who's waiting for his opportunity for the next time you should be thinking like okay do i really want to uh, you know satisfy this void that i felt that i could not stand up to somebody else mm. by making somebody else feel bad about himself this person is just waiting for somebody else to give him the answer saying that uh, say for example we take an instance that the the junior who's ragged now is going and ragging the next generation of juniors and see the next generation is such that they like they don't take shit from anyone they like who the fuck are you and this guy has some people like you know the whole group of uh, bullies Or like yeah, we have to believe this other guy. He has to agree, and he tries to screw with him in some ways. And they cannot do. They are so lost now. Saying wow, I didn't stand up to that guy. I couldn't inflict the pain on this guy. Where am I now? I'm so stuck until I, you know, put out my frustrations of being bullied on something at least. I'm lost. This person basically needs that help. Saying that okay, someone has to tell him, or someone has to really get him out of that trauma that he has got into. that generational trauma that the police or the parents they get into and say that okay 
you don't need to do that. You can still talk to the person who bullied you and say, look, see, this is what happened. And, you know, somewhere make peace with it, even if you cannot say it to them. Right. A, a lot of Indians have become so conscious about generational trauma that they have decided not to have kids. Yeah, that is even more. I don't understand how that is. Okay, that that's if it is something that is uh, you know you're talking about planning a family and telling that okay I'm I'm making a decision to not have kids. That's purely understandable. It's your choice, right? Mm-hmm. You say I don't want to have kids. I don't see what's wrong in that. Mm-hmm. I really don't see what's wrong in that. Why? When I ask you, if you have an answer that is not uh, you know like oh. You know, it's all suffering. I don't want to bring your kid into the suffering world. What? Why are you making a choice for your kid? Like for some sperm, you're automatically making that choice and saying this should not happen to him. I think might as well let something experience that. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't see why. Yeah, yeah antinatalism is a growing uh, moment in India. These people they call themselves antinatalists. They are against uh, reproduction. They don't want to have kids. And they try to promote the idea of not having kids. I, I, I'm, mm. And I'm friends with a couple of them too. <laughs> okay. Mm. In fact, uh, there's this guy called Nihil Anand. The mo- he's, I think, the most mm. famous antinatalist in India. I've got him mm. on the show twice. I don't agree with everything he says. He's, I've, he sued his own parents for giving birth to him. Okay. Th- this he did as a joke. Okay. <laughs> he, he yeah, his, even then. Yeah, he sued his own parents for giving birth to him. He's like, oh, life is... They didn't give birth to me with my consent. Okay. <laughs> what? Wow, okay, fine. That's new. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> see, logically, maybe he makes sense. But how, the question... How? No, okay, fine. Let's, yeah. let's, let's carry on. Yeah, we'll let's go there some yeah. other time. How? But yeah, tell me. If you ask how and all, he will say, yeah, look, I get it that they can't uh, ask me for my consent. But uh, his uh, the decision that he took was purely to motivate more and more Indians to not have kids. He shares a lot of these videos of people stuck in uh, Mumbai traffic and he says, look at how people are living. Is this how you want to live? Why do you want to bring a child to this planet? So I... The reason why I got him on my channel twice that too is because to a certain extent I can relate to him. I the second time I got him, no, during that week, no, I was purely frustrated with my relatives. I was uh, having a fight with my, you know, at, <laughs> at house, and I thought, okay, this this is the guy who I want to talk to right now because whenever mm-hmm. I'm frustrated with this with society, right, I feel like talking to him because he says don't have kids no don't uh, start a family but now now that i've had time to reflect on antinatalism and his stance on why you should not have kids because it's bad for the environment or because life is suffering and this and that now i think okay he has identified the problems beautifully but the solution is something else if you are worried about the environment there are other ways to help the environment if you are worried about uh, life is suffering you can make life enjoyable for your uh, child. You don't have to be a terrible parent. There is a root cause which you can find solution to. Simply saying, I won't bring a child, that is you just escaping the problem rather than finding a solution. This is a form of escapism rather than a solution to a problem. Okay, it is a solution, but what 
type of solution are you telling? You're telling like the problem in itself should not exist. Mm. That's your solution to the problem. It's like uh, I have a finger on my, I have a pain in my finger, so let me cut off my hand. That kind of a problem. That kind of a solution. <laughs> yes, that, doesn't, that, that doesn't really add up. So I feel the whole, like, okay, the best way to put it is, uh, is I've actually told a number of people. Like, you've heard the story of Sisyphus. Right? Yeah. Have you? Yeah. So, yes. So that is it. Like I used to, I, I used to read a little bit of Cam, Albert Cam. I have the myth okay. of Sisyphus here. <laughs> Wonderful. Like yeah. so. So you see how it is. Like you know, is it really about uh, when you're? They're saying that life is full of misery, and you're saying I'll end my life. Is that a solution? Like okay, uh, maybe the other person you were talking about, you were talking about not letting another life come, hmm. right? What about your life? You feel that your life is has nothing, no meaning, or it's all bullshit, it's all suffering, it's all pain and misery. So do you just end it, like, you know, or what comes? What comes? When do you have that call to say, okay, now really, dude, it's cool. I might as well die than living like this. That line for me somewhere is like you know, somewhere very far away. You you can sustain yourself, you can uh, provide for yourself and for somebody else. Then you're telling all these things doesn't make any sense. You're saying you're giving up on life, right? You're saying, okay, it's too overpowering. I might as well just be a you know vegetable and let death come upon me and finish this whole thing up. Or suicide. I think or suicide, exactly. Or taking that step, that radical step saying, no, suicide for me comes to not even see nihilists will not uh, want to die. Suicide is a somewhere where like a physical suicide, if I were to, to consider it would be somewhere where the person is unable to face uh, you know the sorrow of life. The problems in life. He's like, okay, this is too overpowering for me to continue living. I will give into it. He's not able to revolt. He's not able to say, fuck, okay, some shit is happening. Fine, let me find a way. There is beauty in that. Like, as the whole Sisyphus' rock is falling and he's standing on top of the mountain and thinking, oh shit, I have to do this again. That's mm-hmm. like, Camus tells the same thing. You know, he might somewhere find joy that, okay, I'm going back to my routine life and doing this thing. That guy who's hanging in the railway station, um, that cramped thing, he's still finding some joy, fitting in so perfectly and not having to move. And like I'm going and thinking about his life, how it's you know happening, what's going on. Yeah, there is joy in living, man. I don't see joy in death. Yeah, and uh, we don't we don't know where we will go after we die. Nobody knows. Even the yes. people who have even the people who have experienced near death don't entirely know yeah because near death is not death near death is actually just as clueless as us yeah exactly so nowhere near the answer so a lot of these antinatalists and nihilists put forward this idea that not existing is blissful you don't know that for sure oh yeah the only thing we know for sure is existence they are how how different are they from a religion that says okay there is another side go there you'll be happy What's the difference? I don't see the difference now. You're just saying there's nothing there and there's nothing here. So, you know, wait for that only to come. That nothing is better than this nothing. What? Oh, this is something, right? This is not nothing. And and this something is this existence that we're experiencing is to a certain extent very subjective or at least our perspective of it, the way we perceive existence is subjective and that's a superpower. If we want to perceive life 
uh, in a happy, in a positive, not not in a positive way, but uh, in in a peaceful way, we can do that. Okay, you can be stuck in a traffic traffic jam, and you can still find some joy in life. That's something Absolutely. that people have forgotten, or they don't know that they can do somewhere, right? Uh, knowing that they see now, you have people who are in the best of life lifestyles. They're still crying. I don't understand the sorrow sometimes. Like, okay, uh, it might be too harsh to say, like, you know, okay, there is a beggar on the street who's not having anything. He's also, he's more happy than a person who's, you know, a CEO of a company. But that is the basic truth of it right now. That's what's happening, right? People are not finding joy in, like, living in the present. They're always either thinking of the future, like, past or the future. They're on either side. They're never now and thinking about this moment being like somewhere okay shit happens to for whom does shit not happen nobody has a perfect life i don't think so i do not even if someone comes to me and tells me bro i have the most perfect life there is nothing no sorrow there's only positive emotions in my life i'd be like okay that's a very sad life dude you don't you're not experiencing life then in that case because there is no joy without sorrow Right, it's like I would ask someone, how would you experience uh, joy without knowing what is sorrow? Mm. Can you really know? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, and also the one of the reasons why the beggar is so happy is because he's ignorant. Mm. So is ignorant bliss. Yes, ignorance is bliss. What will you do knowing, uh, you know, that there is no point in everything and uh, crying about it, whining about it, and saying, "Oh, there's nothing there. There's nothing here." That's what we are doing right now, right? We are not finding, uh, we know that is the problem for us. Mm. If we have not known, it would be so peaceful. Maybe, or I don't know. Have you, have yeah. you watched that movie, Sausage Party? No, I have not There's seen it. There's a movie that. called, oh, you definitely have to watch it. It's an animated movie. Mm. So it's about these uh, vegetables, okay? Mm. So they uh, think that they're this, not vegetables, sorry. They're, it's about these this super supermarket. And all the things in the supermarket, they have life. And they think that the person who comes out uh, you know, inside the supermarket and buys them and goes, they give them a sense of completion, mm-hmm. right? Fulfillment. They are going to the other side they are going to. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then there is some person, one who comes, who is taken there and who's returned. Mm-hmm. A product that goes out and the person comes and keeps them back in the supermarket. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I've seen the other side. It's not what you think like. <laughs> they'll be thinking like everyone's like feel happy all the vegetables get washed the you know bread and all is kept in a very nice place in a high like you know they're finally getting satisfaction and things like that and then they're like uh these things there's the main character who finds this out and who tells everybody and then they find out that yes that is the truth and in the end of the movie you know what they do they just have sex that's it different what? things having sex with each other yeah why? <laughs> like, <laughs> because I, like, there's no point in life. That's what their ending to it was. But yeah, at least the whole realization, <laughs> that's where it went. You know, the whole wow. realization of there is no afterlife. This is the life. Then like, you might as well, the whole hedonistic lifestyle they wanted to portray. Okay, yeah, yeah. Only yeah. pleasure. Right. So that is what they are trying to portray. But I'm like, okay, well, that, that makes much more sense than at least saying that there is nothing there and, you know, not wanting to live here. Mm. 
it makes, yeah. it makes perfect sense to me in certain ways that even if you're trying to live a hedonistic lifestyle also, mm. you're experiencing pleasure. Mm. Only thing is, your pleasure should not come from somebody else's sorrow mm. or giving them that pain. Mm. Unless they enjoy it. <laughs> exactly. Give that person the pain who's like, I enjoy being sorrowful, make me feel miserable. Mm. And like, yeah, I found the perfect person. Yeah. <laughs> this gives me pleasure, like, you know, making you feel miserable. And he's like, yes. I make me feel miserable. That is what I want in life, and I'm feeling happy about it. Somewhere deep down, he has that. That's his guilty pleasure. Mm. Yeah, that's and your jigsaw there. Yeah, <laughs> that's your jigsaw. That's uh, your fetish or whatever. And uh, people term this as taboos. You know, you shouldn't uh, think about it like this. Yeah. But a lot of people like to be miserable. A lot of people enjoy being punished. Yes, and a lot of people have like you know now as we said now the whole uh, negativity in life. Right. Now, I would consider that negativity. But what if he enjoys, there's a person who enjoys always whining about his life. Mm-hmm. Right? He's saying, he's not uh, really, uh, one second. So he's just whining about life. You give him. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. So, a person who whose satisfaction comes from being dissatisfied mm. with life. And he doesn't want to do anything about it. Right? He's like, if you were to meet him and tell him, bro, I'll solve all your problems, you tell me, he'd be like, okay, no, bro, please don't do that. Then I don't know what I have to live for. These problems mm. are everything I hold on to. Like, you know, these make me me. Then yeah. do you want to solve these problems? Yeah. So th- oh, there's this, it? yeah. There's this guy called uh, Slavoj Zizek. Uh, he's I, uh, a communist philosopher. He's still alive. Okay, he's from uh, Slovenia. Yeah, I heard of him. Yeah, very, yes, yes. very offensive guy. Cracks a lot of rape jokes yes. and stuff like that. Okay, so he, he yes. says, uh, so you're a man and you're very dissatisfied mm. with your life. You're frustrated. You have a boring government job. You're married to this uh, woman, but but you're constantly cheating with the secretary. And your ideal life in your mind is you would divorce your wife and you would marry the secretary. Keep keep holding on to that uh, dream. This is what he says. Because if that dream becomes a reality and if you actually divorce your wife and if you marry that secretary, your life will become miserable. You will hate the secretary. So it's, <laughs> it's good to be an insufferable person sometimes. Yes, because here in that example, that whole person's idea was to not have a wife. It mm. was to have a secretary who he could mm-hmm. behave like with his wife or at least satisfy whatever, uh, you know, mental and physical needs that he has. The moment he marries the secretary, the secretary becomes his wife. Yeah. He that, will lead that, another secretary. Uh, that, that's, why, that's why to a certain extent people desire authoritarian governments because when there are too many meaningless laws and rules, uh, they suffer and they get turned on from the suffering. For example... Mm-hmm. Uh, kids get a kick out of uh, smoking weed when it was illegal. When it becomes legal, yeah. it's not cool anymore. Okay, and just like this guy, he is having, uh, you know, he's sleeping with his secretary. Why? Because it's it's a taboo. Uh, but if it becomes more it's accepting, a that is satisfied. yeah, if mm-hmm. it's more accepting, it's uh, if a lot of people do weird things. Like for example, here in uh, to use a very vulgar uh, phrase, here in Mangalore they say. Uh, you know, people go and make love in the balle, 
in the bushes <laughs> why do some people think that's uh, great because you can get caught oh that itself turns them on not the actual mind is like oh uh, yeah it's it's not a, totally about the act in itself yeah. it's about how where and when they're doing it right so that is what gives them the that orgasm is that not even the so, part where so this should. is why this is why people vote uh, modi because they're like govern me harder daddy they have they want yeah they want that 56 in chest they want that 56 in chest on them you know they 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 get cut they like getting yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i totally see that like you know that's what they're having right now. they're getting that sense of domination mm. someone is making me suffer make me suffer more yeah. you know the previous government is not doing this in the right yeah. way they they and look at the else is not yeah. rahul gandhi is more like a beta male na can't satisfy yeah, me so just like, enough no. like chocolate boy yeah. like this guy is more like uh like aggressive yeah, yeah. he's got a dominate here things like that. so yeah that is where they're getting the satisfaction from but should that's the question there again should it be this kind of satisfaction that they require they should get it personally they right they're not getting it there they're being deprived there that's why they want entertainment here yes so if that's what they they get it somewhere uh, in a smaller circle then they will stop asking it from the government and they will start asking the government the right questions like okay dude where's the street lights in front of my house is you know not working where's my corporate they'll not even go to modi because they shouldn't right technically they shouldn't be asking him what they need this the government satisfaction should be coming from the operator or the person who can actually make a change for his street so yeah yeah uh, somewhere that whole pleasure thing is ruining it for us everywhere yeah we are deprived in one place so we are finding it in some mm-hmm. other place where we shouldn't be finding yes. it so we are actually looking for it also yeah and pe- pe- see people in this country don't want the basic things uh you uh there's this guy again i'm doing a lot of references there's this guy called manu joseph okay he he makes fun of the indian middle class he and he makes very good points also he said uh, like when cell phones and internet were given to these poor people to coolies and mark zuckerberg had come to india because they wanted to give internet to the farmers so that they can go to government websites and learn about agriculture that's not what poor people did the first thing that poor people did was they searched for porn and they searched for tiktok videos and all that that's what they're more interested in they are not interested in boring agricultural websites we don't we, most of the indians we don't want i feel like we don't even want good roads we just want entertainment unending entertainment see here what i would say is like we no these uh, people who are talking about they already have a proper job they have a set lifestyle right they have so many n number of problems in their life which is uh, for them which is a huge thing to overcome you know even getting wages daily or let's not say even that person mm-hmm. let's say a middle class guy he has to go to his 9 to 5 job he has to satisfy so many things in his family so many things for his family for himself and things like that these things are just an escape for him mm-hmm. these tiktok videos or the whole watching porn is just an escape right where you're saying like okay i don't want to face reality all the time mm-hmm. it is too real i want to escape somewhere a lot of people don't even do that right they are more detached from reality than being in reality and contributing to society in some way that is why these other people are being forced into doing more mm. if that other person like it's like saying 
Now, why is the manager sometimes chilling around? Or why are few employees in your in the office chilling? It's because maybe someone else is being worked hard, harder for that, right? They're not dividing or distributing your work equally. So someone else is getting uh, you know, pressurized because of that. And he has to relieve that pressure somehow. So he'll go home and relieve that pressure on his wife and his kids by getting angry on them and stuff like that. Maybe that, Hmm. maybe just sitting now, see this whole TikTok thing or having a phone, right? Hmm. Uh, Where you're telling that, should he again go home and see how he can make his life better? You think that's what he should do with just because he's got the means to do that? I don't think that makes sense for him, right? He's like, dude, if first give me some space where I can maybe sit with my own, listen to my own voice in my head, then I can literally, you know, listen to what it tells me to do, right? How to relieve or even to know that I have some pressure that is this. Most of the people don't even identify what the pressure points are, the pain points are there in their life, right? They don't understand where the problem is coming from. Again, going back to that whining man, he whines because he, somewhere he doesn't know where the problem lies, right, you know? And he knows that even satisfying that problem may not give him that. It will give him new problems anyhow. Mm. So he's like, I'm happy with these problems. I do want bigger problems. He knows that somewhere going, climbing up the ladder or somewhere going somewhere else, he has much more difficult problems. Mm. The person who's working in a government job, for example, right? He has the best job, right? Mm. Don't you think? What problem does he have in life? He doesn't have much problems. I mean, yeah, he's happy. I mean, he he's happy with with the problems that exist right now. But he pretend like subconsciously he knows these problems are great. But uh, at a very top level, he has to still you know it's existence is a play. You know, in in Hindu mythology they say this is a leela. You know, we are all uh, one consciousness, but you're. This is consciousness uh, pretending to be Pratham and consciousness pretending to be uh, Remo. And we yeah. we all have these problems which we take seriously because this is for like for 70 years or 80 years in our lifetime. We have to take mm. these problems seriously to a certain extent. That's take that frustration itself gives meaning to our lives. So that is what it is. So for when you say that a middle class person is always suffering or you always have problems, that problem somewhere defines him. You solving that problem will not end his problems because the problem isn't governance, <laughs> the problem isn't administration, the problem isn't his wife, his trauma that he had or this or that. The problem is existence. He's alive. He will have to have issues. He will have n number of issues. So many of the issues that even we are talking about. What yeah. are we actually doing about them? We're not doing anything about them. Mm. We're talking about them. And that talking is somewhere giving us satisfaction. So right. when this conversation began, we were talking about decentralization and stuff like that. Now all of that mm. seems meaningless because why should we solve the problem of governance? Imagine India actually gets decentralized. Who knows what problems you and I will have after that? Hmm. Correct. So again, going back to the existential now, the crisis of a being is existentialism, right? You're saying that I exist, that's why problems arise. But are we saying that uh, I just want to whine about it and not do anything about it? My satisfaction comes from the whining? No, mm. my satisfaction does not come from the whining. 
my satisfaction comes from solution, finding solutions, right? The whole tackling every problem, whatever problem that is, knowing that this solution will create another problem. It's a never ending find. That's what for me makes life exciting, right? It's like, okay, you have a problem. Rather than me telling it to someone and telling, bro, I have to solve, you know, government shit, is that a good shit and all that. Okay, how are we trying to, now this discourse is happening to say, where can we find solutions? Somewhere down the line, I do want to materialize this discourse and say, how am I implying that, you know, or applying that in my life? And then making some change. I'm not saying that change is absolute. Mm. I think we spoke about somewhere about revolution, right? Last mm. time we met, like, I was very for revolutions. Uh, like you know, people should revolt. And then I was like, okay, I want to. I might want to create a group of people who are revolting against something. And then I'm also very sure that after a point, I will revolt against that group in itself. Mm. Now that revolt was my solution, right? But that again, I know it will become a problem to me somewhere. Yeah. But should uh, I say? So <coughs> I, I think uh, we should never desire permanent solutions. We should only desire temporary solutions because temporary solutions are easier to uh, access. Now, in your uh, example of revolution, after your revolution mm. happens, you create a solution for yourself. Like you and a couple of other co people come together and create a community for yourself. And, and that community may be peaceful for 50 years. Who cares? Even that is also great. Like after you die, what will happen? You, it's not in your hand. There is no such thing called permanent solution. Correct. So, like long back, I think uh, this guy Epicurus, uh, one Greek philosopher, he tried this. He tried to have a community where uh, you know they were sort of self-sufficient. The whole Auroville kind of uh, thing, but way back. So that time there was a whole so many of the modern-day problems did not exist. So technically, it should have been easier to create a community and even to live off of each other, right? He had the whole system of where they would uh, uh, grow things together, share things, the whole barter system of, uh, you know, uh, finance and things like that. And he was successful because he was not only looking at one aspect of things. He was not a, just a philosophical kind of guy who's talking about ideals and, you know, models of life. He was also practically telling how are we going to solve problems? How are we going to live with each other? And as you said, after he went also, it was, it was not just a whole community, it was a school kind of a thing, where you're also learning, where you're also growing and things like that. But that too did not get, you know, it was not, uh, it was not able to sustain itself for a long time. After I think a couple of generations that too broke off, because society keeps evolving. Our idea or a definition of society over time always changes. That is the whole point though. Right. That doesn't mean that, you know, just because it will change, I will not do something today. Mm -hmm. saying I'll be stagnant. Let everything go around, you know, function around me, but I will not react to it. That's okay. what a person who is nihilistic is also saying. No, I do not want to react to society. I know there is no meaning in you know, being in itself. So I will just wait for this being to go finish life to leave my body. And I don't see how that makes sense. No, there, there is uh, this meme, okay? Uh, mm -hmm. th there's this famous uh, meme that is going on right now. There are two guys in the bus. Mm -hmm. Okay, one guy mm -hmm. uh, is sitting on the left side, one guy is sitting on the right side. So the left guy gets to s see the sky and all that. The guy sitting on the right side looks at the wall. So they both are sitting in the same bus. But one guy has a positive uh, outlook, one guy has a negative outlook. And th these people, they add text in, in that meme. 
so in that same mm-hmm. bus right both of them realize that life is meaning life is uh, meaningless and it's better not to react too much the guy who's looking at the mm-hmm. wall becomes a nihilist the guy who's looking outside will become a stoic because even the stoic is also in many ways like a nihilist even he is mm-hmm. like oh let's let me not take too much tension let me just be mm-hmm. let let me just relax and all that but he's not mm-hmm. looking at it in a negative way he's like me not reacting itself is a positive thing I, i'm yeah. going to live tension free why should i care about anything that's actually a good thing right is it yeah so certain extent definitely not mm-hmm. reacting to everything see again i would go back to saying balance now i cannot call myself uh, remember last time we talked about uh, anarchist mm-hmm. or a existentialist or a stoic East, or yeah. a nihilist yeah, yeah. East, is an observer is all yeah <laughs> i cannot tell that i am this or that it is everything situational at different points mm. of my life i have to be different people mm. i cannot say the whole change me not accepting change is impossible that that in itself creates the problem looking at how society is right now if i were to say i do not accept change and i what i was taught is man woman that's it end of story if i was so firm about that right now my existence would have been a problem mm. and why just because society is changing and saying no now it's not only man woman now there is a whole community of people who are like you know different sexualities it's not just gender is not two things so where is the problem coming the problem is not the change the problem is the person who is saying i am so firm to change mm. right a stoic also stoicism was considered one of the best lifestyles like not lifestyle one of the best philosophical thoughts like of the schools but even that have problems the problem is that you cannot always be that for every situation if you are like i will not react i will just be peaceful in myself mm. you are not you are again not uh, that's that's not capitalist right you are not growing you are not competing with anything you are saying like oh no competition because i will lose competition it will give me a sorrow so i will play without competition it will only be friendly matches yeah so i see sometimes there is a need to be angry there sometimes there is a need to be sad sometimes you have to cry sometimes you have to laugh but right now society has become too over reactive we worry about some small issue happening in some part of the globe we we worry a little too much we become too over reactive the reason why suddenly stoicism is uh, trending in the past decade so many stoicism mm-hmm. pages uh, so many stoic videos is increasing is because suddenly young people are realizing okay we are addicted to social media we are addicted to dopamine we are overreacting mm-hmm. and stoicism for them feels like a balance it is impossible to be as stoic as greek philosophers but if we can learn from them and if we can apply some of that from the modern context then i think it, no, no, it's better as right. as you said no that means uh, according to what you said society is tipping to overreaction mm. reaction what does not really give you an end product mm. right what are you really doing now giving a reaction should have some meaning come out of it like some change or something should happen out of that reaction mm. now what we are our end product is a reaction mm. right we are just saying i see i reacted to this that's it what is happening what's i'm feeling so bad about it like okay fine stoicism here is necessary now so mm. that saying that get back your hyper reactivity hyper sensitivity and know what to react you have to react to things that are in your immediate vicinity some things that you can make a change about it's not only about giving a reaction so many people are held uh, you know 
uh, and ask like, why are you not giving a reaction? Are you not human? Do you not feel anything? And they are forced into giving a reaction, right? Social media is doing that to yeah. people. Yeah. Like, oh, do you not? Are you not human? Do you not have emotions? You are not reacting to something that bad happened in uh, no, you know North Korea. They are troubling their people like that. We don't have a reaction. I don't give a reaction. That uh, Kim Jong will not stop automatically. Like you know, he's not going to be like, oh, Ramo gave the reaction. I think I should stop <laughs> doing what I'm doing. Like no, that's not going to happen. So I don't see the point of that reaction. So there, what you said, it's a short, you know, it, it holds a lot of ground because. Losing the balance, then again, the people are tipping towards somewhere where they are, you know, again giving themselves uh, a major distraction and a major cause for sorrow. Mm. They are being unhappy because somewhere miles away is unhappy. Mm. Yes, so choices so, somewhere necessary. Yeah. So we'll uh, we are reaching the final leg, I think, of the podcast. Uh, tell the audience mm. a little bit about yourself, what you do. What you want in life? What you've done so far? Oh, okay, that is a very nice question. What I do? Uh, I right now I'm an editor for a digital marketing company, so I create content as well. I uh, edit content as well. What I would want to do with life? Oof. I would want to experience life. That is it. That is my major thing. That I what I want from life is the whole experiences, memories. I have to always believe in creating an atmosphere that, uh, you know, the whole the community idea of it. My whole point in life right now is that it has basically been that for some time. But I too am somewhere not sure how to achieve it. Like it is about getting like-minded people, but that is still difficult, right? You cannot have like-minded people. Jigsaws. The idea of like-minded, yes. It's, so that's what like-minded people cannot happen. It, and I realize that it's not about having like-minded people. It's about having people who fit into your puzzle in different angles and shapes and different ways, right? So that I am somewhere trying to find. It is uh, materializing in certain ways, but capitalism is somewhere coming in the way. Hardcore capitalism. The whole distraction, like the distraction of capitalism, I would say, mm. right? The whole uh, community which is racing to somewhere and they don't know where that is. Mm. Everyone's in a rat race. So, what's the idea of a rat race? I don't understand that. Right? So, for me, it is somewhere about breaking that for people and making them see, okay, there is more than a just a rat race, right? So, I I do. Uh, counseling sessions as well for people to get their whole that tangle in their mind to unwind it somewhere and to focus on things that is a little you know better than what they might be looking at life as. Everyone has an idea of life. I wouldn't say anything is right, anything is wrong, right? Everything is your perspective. But sometimes when your perspective becomes extremist. Right, any perspective becomes extremist. It can be harmful to you or to society, like your immediate near ones. So to create a society where, or to create people who do not have extremist ideas, liberal ideas, that they can question their own ideas as well, not get their egos hurt, or not always want their egos to be stroked. Right, that is the whole idea, right? Okay. So you, you kind of want to start your own uh, community, like a, a physical space away from uh, this 
uh, this whole uh, excessive hype capitalism where people are racing towards something but uh, rat races unfortunately don't have a destination they just keep on running and they end up nowhere uh, or they go in that circle thing those like those guinea pigs so <laughs> so uh, yeah like you said you don't have an exact idea you this is your desire to start a community so the desire basically or the community or the idea of the community is also to somewhere attain uh, fulfillment the idea of fulfillment right so you never know what is fulfillment to you for every person it is different but should a person stop trying to be a better version of themselves this can that is the whole idea to try to do better at things that they are somewhere okay this is it this is all that i want right do better in terms not in personal terms maybe like, you know somebody might be satisfied with what they have done uh, as a skill that they have learned or the money that they are earning it might be like yeah it's enough for me but as a whole you know that whole conscious that you told i do believe that we are somewhere a part our conscious is not so different right it's somewhere a universal con- conscious maybe I am not sure of that, you know. I am not sure if it is or not. But I somewhere have experienced that people are not very different from each other. Mm. We are somewhere in the mind the same. Like the the roots, if you take all these desires and these all these other things that are there, that is an expression of certain things, right? A root conscious. In the root conscious, we are somewhere similar. So if we can realize that, talking to people, that we try to see if that happens, but that's a slow process, right? talking to people does not really give bring change to such a such an extent and seeing how it can manifest that okay yeah man being the unity in the conscious mm. do you have any future plans a <laughs> uh, future plans right now yeah there are certain plans uh, i do believe that uh, psychology is one very good way that can help people realize or break Uh, certain ideas and notions of themselves mm. uh, you know so that is the a road that i'm looking at but not nothing is sure as of yet i will let you know when something you know yeah. does materialize okay you'll be the first one to know <laughs> <laughs> yeah keep keep me in the loop and uh, thank you for coming on the labyrinth this was a great conversation wonderful indeed as always